Hello and welcome to the Soccer Coach Weekly Podcast. I'm Steph Fairburn. Thank you for joining us as we get insights and ideas from coaches working across the game to help you develop into the coach you want to be. In this episode, we speak to Sherlyn Lindsay, a foundation phase coach at Fulham FC, where he works with the under nines and under tens. Having previously worked at both Arsenal and Crystal Palace development centers, Sherlyn has found his coaching home in the foundation stage. I caught up with him to talk about understanding our players as individuals, what we should be asking of players at such a young age, and why fun is the name of the game. So, could you tell us a bit about you, um, your football career today, and your current coaching roles? Uh, my name's Sherlyn Lindsay. Um, I'm currently a foundation phase coach at Fulham FC. I, what we call a switch coach, I work between two age groups, the under nines and under tens. And I've been doing this role for the past, this is my third year now at Fulham. Um, I've worked at different clubs before, at different development centres, Crystal Palace and Arsenal, to name a few. And my main full-time role is working in the P department, supporting the, uh, the P staff at a special educational needs school for boys and girls in secondary age. So I know you do a lot, as you've just said, with the foundation phase. Um, and what is it about coaching the foundation phase that you enjoy so much? I think it's one of those phases that in some in some respects gets a bit left behind, in my opinion, by, you know, some, you know, coaches that I've met in the past or people in general. And for me, it, it's the hub point of you know, the starting process of the players' educational pathway when it comes to football. And it's something that I'm quite passionate about. And as much as I enjoy working with with older age groups, I think this is the most important part for me where they're they're coming into your world and you've got to create in a way where they're going to enjoy it because they're going to go home and tell their parents how they've had a great day or, you know, for for me, the foundation phase is is the starting point for each player's journey. And as it is the starting point, do you think there's a bit of pressure on coaches at that stage to to get it right and to make sure the kids do really fall in love with football? It depends. There's always pressure, regardless of what age group or level coach you are or, you know, what part of the game you work in. So for me, pressure is not really a, a, a big thing. It's just something that's there. And for me, when it comes to football, I don't classify football as being pressure. So working in, in this phase or any other phase, it's for me, it's, it's a blessing. It's something I always tell people, it's not work for me. It's it's a sheer joy. So I wouldn't put it as pressure on, on my back. Many other coaches that I've spoken to before, yes, they would probably assume so. But my experience is, is that, it's like I said earlier on, it's, it's the starting point of the journey for these young people and you get to imprint yourself on them and you also get to learn from them. So in some respects, the pressure is more so on the players, in my opinion, than it is on the coaches. And again, just speaking from my own experience. What have you learned from foundation players? Learn how to enjoy yourself more and not take yourself too seriously in things where it doesn't go to plan or... You know, example being, you could design a session, you think, right, it's going to be right for player A, B and C. And then all of a sudden, you know, player B and C have had either a tough day at school or, you know, something as people have just woken up out of the car because it's a long journey to the training ground and so on. And then that plan could kind of go into shreds. So you've got to kind of have some understanding that everyone's journey 
two training or two games is going to be completely different from yours. And as a grown adult myself, if I know I have issues at times before coming to training or to games, then be sure young people are going to have that too. So understanding what their their journeys like and, and what their experience is like or their moods and so on, it puts your things into perspective. So again, I'm not under pressure. I don't feel under pressure when I work with young people, but again, I see that, that the tenseness within their body and their language and so on when they do arrive. So learning how to be a lot more free and young at heart while still doing a good job is one of the big things that I've learned from Foundation Face Players. It's really great. I, I feel the same. And I've had times as well where I've had like, you know, because I work a desk job and then I go and coach and I've maybe had a really rough day and then I'm around kids and I'm like, oh, you really put things into perspective and you're actually giving <laughs> yeah. so much to me when, you know, yeah. hopefully as much as I'm giving to you. So, yeah. And that is, that's that's the blessing. They're, they're giving you themselves and they're not hiding anything. And, you know, as adults, we've got this thing sometimes where we will hide how we're actually feeling. And I think just seeing, I mean, again, the kids I work with from six, seven, eight up until 12, is you see different versions of them. And that's on each occasion that you, you, you have with them. It could be one hour they're feeling one way and then the next hour they're feeling something different. But the fact that they keep on enjoying themselves at the same time makes you put things in perspective, in my opinion. Definitely. And I think, you know, we don't want to lose that as you go through football. I hope people kind of try and maintain that. Um, I would I would hope so too. I would hope so too. So what does, I'll say ideal, but, you know, there's no one size fits all, but what are kind of the elements of a really good foundation session for you? Having fun. Having fun. I think a lot of emphasis that I've noticed over the years is, you know, this player's got to learn this, that player's got to learn that. And, you know, they're not good at this because they don't understand that. I mean, come on. If you're if you're delivering it in that manner, then be sure you're putting them under pressure and you're putting yourself under unnecessary pressure too. So for me, having fun. And a lot of my, my, my sessions, and I would say idle session, would be the moment I first greet them in the, in the car park. And that that starts from understanding how their day's been and understanding where their mood's at and seeing if I can accommodate their mood. And if not, speaking to my fellow coaches, like, okay, you know, play A or B or C are not in this state of mind compared to how we thought they may be and so on. And then we may need to adjust a, a practice for their best interest. So make it as fun as possible because that's what they've come here for. I mean, I always go back to myself when I play football. I always like to be the kid, you know, no matter what age I got to in my, my late teens and so on, I still wanted to play the game like I was a kid. So, and that involves just having constant fun. So if you can implement your line and style and have fun alongside of it as the main part, then for me, that's an ideal training session. It doesn't matter what topic you're looking at, what position you would like the player to play or whatever it is, just have as much fun in the learning aspect as possible for these players when they do arrive in your care. Because as I said earlier on, you don't know how they've been dealt with or how they feel from either from home, from school or from, from fellow friends and so on. You just have no idea. So keeping your session and practices as fun as possible is the key factor for me. Once you get that sorted, 
your players buy into anything. You, you can tell them to do anything you want to as long as they're going to have fun. And obviously, it's being safe as well at the same time. But fun is the, is the main factor for me. And, you know, some coaches I've met, they do ask questions of how do I have this, this energy for the players all the time? Again, it's because they're giving it back to me. I'm, I'm blessed to be in a position where I can work with them and I can learn from them. And again, if I can make it as fun as possible, their journey into training or into games, then I'm, I'm doing my job. And you mentioned positions there. So how much at foundation stage do you teach players about positions or is it more a chance for them to explore different positions and, and see what they like about the game? It's, for me, it's a mixture of both. And I say a mixture of both because... I do believe it's important for foundation phase players to learn to understand about what positions mean in the game, but I don't think it's the essential essential ticket for their journey during this stage. I think that for me really opens up or should open up more so in the, the youth development phase. I think when you're in the foundation phase, yes, you can explore players by them playing different positions on the field and something that you know, I believe in myself. I, I like to give players at least two positions per game that they, they, they play in on, on, on a Sunday in our games programme. And the reason why I do that is because it's, it's giving them the correct amount of workload and at the same time to be able to understand their workload and give feedback afterwards. Because as much as, as I said before, they're having fun, it's also part of their development journey. And again, a big reason... I, I give two positions because, again, I work in a school and the more you give young people too much to think about, it can spiral out of control. Whereas if you give them a couple of elements to focus on, but at the same time keeping it licensed and lightheartening and taking the pressure from them, it allows them to develop a lot more calm, a lot more relaxed in that position. And again, it's part of the plan of their, their development whilst they're at the club with us. So for me, positions... And saying that one player should be playing that position the whole season, for me, that's crazy. Giving them a couple of positions every so often during their, you know, say six weeks um, break that we have where we will have the season, then we have rest week and so on. Then you can review it after those six weeks. How did you do in those two spe- uh, specific positions during that time? You, you get them to, to buy into where you was trying to get on their development path. And then having that feedback during those six to eight weeks it's important to understand whether they're grasping the level of responsibility that you're giving to them, or do you need to strip it back? Or can you slightly push them a bit more? So you're not going to find that information unless you actually share your rationale with them and get them to, to give you feedback to understand if they're okay with it or not. So like I said, for me, position and having a position permanently during this phase is a no-no, but giving them the chance to explore at least two positions Per, you know, per game and stuff. It could be two or three weeks in a row, just having a plan for them to understand what they need to be doing and looking at. That's great. And and you mentioned Sunday matches there. And obviously there's so much debate about what age should kids start playing matches? What age should we publish results? All of that. Like, where do you stand on, you know, at what age should kids start taking part in matches? And also what kind of matches should they be? Like, what I'm picking up from what you're saying there is maybe we play a match, but it's more about individual challenges for the players and them kind of learning rather than, oh, we beat someone 10-0. So where do you stand on that kind of stuff? I'm I'm a big 
advocate for ignoring the scoreline. Um, something that I've always said to to the players that I've worked with, and it doesn't even matter to me what age it is, whether it's in the youth development phase or foundation. I've always I always start whether I'm delivering a small-sided game or it's actual games program on, on a Sunday, I always say to players before the briefing, I don't care about the score. I, I, I do enjoy winning and I don't mind losing either. It's about your learning journey during these stages. For me, competing is important, but it's not the main factor for a player's journey. And like I said, I always say to the players, the score is irrelevant. If we win uh, a game or a competition, for me, it's great for you guys because you enjoy it and you're happy and I'll be happy too. But the real competitive side and understanding the importance of winning the game or losing the game starts for me when you make it into the first team. It could be the under 23s. It could be, I would even go as far as saying from the under 18s up, that's when for me, competition really should be kicking into place because that's what you're working towards. Whilst in the foundation phase, yes, we all enjoy winning. I'd be lying, if, you know, and I wouldn't be a human being if I didn't say I didn't enjoy winning. But it's trying to get the players to understand that it's not the be all and end all. And something that I like to do as a coach is read the players that I'm working with, their school reports and so on, and getting a different opinion from not just their parents, but other outside agencies or, you know, disciplinarians, such as, like I said, their teachers or their TAs and, and, or the different grassroots coaches, understanding what that character's like, to be able to work with them, to get them to, to mold them in a way where to understand winning is not the be all and end all. You could have one player coming from grassroots where their coaches just fully relied on them to win the game, win the game, win the game. But did they develop during that time? Did they understand how to receive the ball? Did they understand how to retain the ball under pressure? Those sort of things is where I like to come in and try to educate the players on that type of importance. The winning comes down the line for me. So like I said, enjoying it, having fun and developing during that time is more important than winning in the game. So when the players do win, of course, I love it and I celebrate with them. But I always like to set a stance for me personally. It's about how they perform. Did they take something from the game? Did, you know, whether it's positive or not so positive, you know, the scoreline is great. It, it is, but my importance is not on, on, on winning all the time. I'm wondering as well, because you've, you've probably seen the recent news that there was a four-year-old scouted by Arsenal and he's now the, I think they were scouting him, him when he was at nursery and he's now the youngest ever recruit to the pre-Arsenal Academy. And in your opinion, how early do you think you can spot talent? But also, how early should you be spotting talent? You know, should should we be putting that on kids at, at that age? I don't agree with that in general. Four years old for me is, it's, it's again, it's been a long while since I've been four years old, but I'm sure with anybody, it's, it's by looking at it, it's, it's a confusing time for, for, for young kids and, the, the whole routine and, and, you know, run the mirror of going to training, then going to this training. And sometimes, you, you know, players have one-to-one sessions outside of training and then they get scouted by a, a, a big club and you, you're taken into this glossy world where you, you can get sold a dream sometimes. And at four years old, you should be able to be much more freer and just enjoy your football. Now, if you've got talent, and you have the potential to, to go far. And 
everyone in this world has the potential, regardless whether you can kick the ball straight or not, you, you still have potential to do whatever you want, you want to do, especially on the football pitch. So that potential will always be there. The talent will always be there as, as long as the players enjoying it. Now, putting them into that type of environment, that's that that's a bit too heavy for me and it's something that I firmly disagree with. And again, it goes back to my my whole stance on the whole winning games and how many goals you've scored, etc., and blah, 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 as being an important factor, whereas not. For me, during this phase, you've got to have fun. And the, the seriousness comes down the line where you go from the foundation to the youth development phase. And that's when you take positioning, you, you take certain development, you know, highs a bit more, more seriously because that's part of your journey. So to be recruited at four years old is, it's nice for the kid, but it is a short-term buzz until you get in the point where, depends on what coaches that you're working with, they may emphasise as being winning as all the time, which is the most important thing. And that could be different for this young three, four-year-old where he or she just wants to kick the ball. Do you know what I mean? You know, obviously if you've been, you've been spotted by a club, you've been spotted because you're enjoying the game and you're doing well in the game. If you take that child out of that environment into a more professional and serious environment at four years old, there's a possibility that pressure can come onto the shoulders of that child. And it, it could come from within the child. It could come from the parents. It could come from the coaches and the club in general. So four years old is, is quite a, a, a low age for me. And I, I don't necessarily agree with that. And what about the parents as well? Because, you know, some parents can have expectations for their kids at quite an early age. So how have you got the parents that you work with to buy into your philosophy of it, of it not being about winning, of it being about fun? Being clear on what you're trying to do with each child is important. Um, it's, it's essential to keep that communication going from us coaches to the parents, I think, because... We all know parents can have their up and down moments, but so can coaches too. So if a parent is, you could say, putting the pressure on their child to have high expectations and so on, and you do hear those conversations in, in the car park or after games and so on, my main cause of concern is making sure that if I hear it, find a way to smooth it over. And whether that's having a private word with the parents, you know, directly how it could be affecting their son or, or their daughter and, and get them to understand that the journey is so long that winning and putting pressure on their young shoulders right now is not the key because that winning mentality or afraid to lose or in general the pressure is already on their shoulders and sometimes it's from the player themselves from within so I, I think it's an important factor where I speak to parents where myself and them need to work together to make their child's journey as smooth as possible and as enjoyable as possible. And the only way that can really happen is, is to open the door to what you're trying to do as a coach and as a club and bring that parent or parents in and getting them to play a part in their child's journey and not just a case of they're dropping their child off or they're coming to watch training and not understanding what you're trying to do. Once you explain to the parents what you're trying to do with their child on their journey, a lot of them do understand that winning is not the essential factor and they become a lot more supportive with the club in general in ways of asking how can they support them out, support their child outside the club once once you open the door to let them know what you're trying to do. So that's the way forward what we do at, at Fulham. 
And in terms of, you know, you, you referenced before under 23s, first team under 18s, those are the kind of ages where you start getting to, you know, you're picked for the team on, on ability. But in the foundation phase, in the youth phases, you'll have such a mix of abilities naturally in, in teams that mm-hmm. like you're coaching. So how do you kind of manage that, those differences in ability um, in, in your sessions? Again, as I uh, mentioned earlier on, it's, that's, a, that's a good question. It's, it's a question that normally comes up from a lot of people. I think it's about understanding your players. And when I say understanding your players, it's not about can, you know, the young boy, young girl, can they kick a ball? It's about getting them, getting to understand what makes them tick. Now, if you find out what makes them tick, you have a better chance of helping them on their development journey. So you could, you could have, you know, within a squad of, say, 15 to 18 players, they're not all going to be the same. Now it's down to you as a coach and as a coaching team to come together and find out different ways from each other within that team. How can you support each individual? Now, you could also have, you know, small fractions within your squad and say, right, you've got a squad, you've got a fraction A, B and C, you know, A being the more advanced developed players for whatever different reasons. But doesn't mean to say that they're more better than, you know, fraction C who could be a lot more intelligent on the field rather than actually being able to dribble through three or four different players. So it's understanding the fractures within your squad and understanding those players individually. And that comes by you doing deeper research into their home life background, their school background, you know, you know their their relationships with siblings and so on. Getting to know the inner player helps you be able to separate the group from ability overall, rather than just saying A and B can that one can kick the ball more more better than that one. But you you, you could be missing out something from player B. So again, it goes back to researching and understanding each character within your squad. I guess it's just being conscious of that as well. Like when you're talking about, you know not wanting to win all the time I think that's something a lot of us have still have got to unlearn a bit and be like no I need to look at my ego and all the things I've grown up trying to do and actually strip that back to be able to do that for these kids yeah it's look by me sitting here saying that winning is not important and it's something that I really you know highly regard as as a starting point whenever whenever we come to a training session or game it's something that I've learned over the years and a lot of it is down to my own personal journey, whether that's coach education courses or CPDs, webinars, or just generally working with different coaches from different backgrounds and understanding what makes everyone tick. And just something that I did many years when I was doing my um, level one and level two was just go and watch different level of coaches and get to know what made them have the buzz for coaching. And I found that a lot of them was just about sheer development and enjoying the game. And that married up with how I feel about the game in general. And again, you, you, you look at different levels of ability and ages, such as 18 and going on plus, it is about the winning and how good you are as being a part of a team. Whereas I like to really focus on the individual. And again, this is why I'm really obsessed with working in the foundation phase, because I get to work with the individual. I get to be the starting point, the base of their journey once they come into the the academy setting. And if I can give them a comfortable base and a platform for them to be a lot more free with themselves, then for me, 
ability and someone comes down down the line, but the journey will be a lot more smoother for them as long as they're having fun. Again, big thing for me, fun. It's funny you're saying about watching coaches because as we've been doing this, having this chat, I've been like, I need to go watch this guy coach. I love what he's saying. I need to go see him do his thing. (laughs) So what... Go on, sorry. No, no, you go for it. No, just, again, I, I... you know, I've had people say the exact same thing. And at times when people have said, oh, I want to come and watch your session, they think, do they want to watch and pick and analyse or criticise? But then again, I think if they want to watch, then it's exactly what I was doing back then where I was trying to understand people's, you know, behaviours and styles and so on. How could I take pinches of them and add it onto my own style and, and create a better version of myself? And again, when it, when it comes to... Uh, being observed and so on is something that I really enjoy and not because of the, the, the ego factor. We've all got an ego. There's no doubt about it. We, we, we've all got one, but it's about managing your ego. I love the fact when people go, okay, you know what, Sherlyn, can I come and watch you? Or what do you think about this? Because I then, when people question me in that manner, I do sit back and go, do I really have anything to offer people? Or why would they want to? Then I start questioning myself, not in a negative way, but it's good for me, for my journey, because it means that, eyes are on me as much as my eyes are on other people. And it's it's a, like a conveyor belt. You're watching others, others are watching you. So it's about us learning from from each other. So I've, I've now come to realise that when people do say to me, can I watch a session? It's just part of everyone's spiral journey. And on that point about learning from each other, we're, we're going to wrap up here, but I wanted you to finish maybe with one or two top tips for coaches that are working at the foundation phase or maybe have just started started their journey what would you say to them again I'm going to go back to that that prime word number one fun have fun within this phase you cannot afford not to have fun because the serious pressures and demands should only stem from when they reach adulthood and that for me that's 18 plus when they're on the potential of reaching the first team whether it's men's football or women's football secondly I would say listen to understand your players not just to respond. We can all respond to anyone. I mean, we can ask a question and automatically we'll cut off a player's uh, feedback because we, we don't hear what we want to hear, if that makes sense. Whereas whenever I go into a training session or a game, I like to put the emphasis on letting the players dictate how they want to train and how they want to play the game. Yes, it's under a structural guidance for me as the adult, but I need to listen to them to understand where they're coming from for them to be able to go, you know what? I can hear what you're saying, Sherlyn. Because if I don't listen to them, who is going to listen to them? So those are the two factors that I would I would definitely say for me as a coach. That was the voice of Sherlyn Lindsay, Foundation Phase Coach at Fulham FC. Thanks to Sherlyn for his time. I hope you found his thoughts as useful as I did. And thanks to you for listening to the Soccer Coach Weekly Podcast. For more from us, join us again next week or visit www.soccercoachweekly.net for practice plans, advice, interviews, and much more. I'm Steph Fairburn. See you again soon.